So this morning, I am going to... Thank you, honey. This morning, I, I just want to tell you in advance, I hate waiting. Does anyone hate waiting? Yeah, it sucks, right? It's the worst. <laughs> Some people love it. Good on you. Can you please pray for us? <laughs> I do not like waiting. I hate it in all of its forms, most of its forms. When I was pregnant with Isaac... Um, very pregnant with Isaac. It was it was in the summertime. I was it was hot. My ankles were uh, swollen. My wrists were swollen. Any women here know what I'm talking about. It was just the worst. And so he there was still four weeks to go. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? We need this baby needs to come out. <laughs> so we decided. Andrew's parents were on holidays and they were returning that evening. And so we decided we were going to go to their house and uh, we're going to mow their lawn. <laughs> And do the whippersnipping and take the rubbish out and do all of these things to just try and get this labor underway. Even though I was early, I was like, I don't care. I'm sick of waiting. This baby needs to come out. That night, I went into labor and had Isaac (laughs) that night. All I'm saying is, if you're pregnant here this morning, this is my treasured advice to you. Go and mow someone's lawn. I promise it will work for you. (laughs) I hate waiting. (laughs) Um, hey, very soon, I'm just going to tell you a story now, very soon, next Sunday, in fact, Andy Logan is leaving town for a whole three months. And uh, I know, thank you for that sympathy. And um, I'm not actually worried about him, I'm just worried about me. I just don't want him to go. <laughs> um, he's leaving for three months, he's leaving to train for his dream job and um He has applied for this particular job 12 times over nine years. 12 times, yeah. He he tried more than one avenue to make it happen (laughs) and that never worked. Who knows when we try and sometimes work things out on our own, try and push God's timing. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, so that's a a good thing to remember. Um, But it just never seemed to happen and uh, he made contact with like everyone he knew within um, this organisation. He's a fireman. Um, he called everyone he knew. He's like, how can I, like, who do I know? You know, sometimes you need to know someone, right? Nope, none of that worked, nothing worked. And so um, every rejection over of every nine of those rejections, eight actually of those rejections, they all hurt a little bit. And especially like the, the last few, it just felt like the longer we waited, the more it hurt, <laughs> the more it hurt a little bit. And... Um, And I just began to question, is this, maybe this isn't God's plan for us. Is this God's plan for us? Maybe it's not God's best for us. And maybe we've heard wrong. Have you ever thought that? Did I hear, right? Maybe this is not for us. And maybe God has something different for us. And maybe we need to let this go. Maybe we need to let this go. But there was just nothing else that Andy felt really passionate about and really called to. And so we, um, the last few times, the last few rejections, (laughs) we gave ourselves, um, We gave ourselves a weekend of mourning. Who knows when things don't work out properly, you actually just need, whether you're a Christian or not, like no one is doubting that you love Jesus. It's actually okay to mourn and it's actually okay to grieve. And the Bible calls it lamenting. And it's actually a really beautiful thing. Do you know God can handle every emotion under the sun? He's not frightened by you. He doesn't think you're losing your faith. You just need to get it out. And it's okay. It's okay. And so we gave ourselves permission to do that. <laughs> we had a few, uh, every, every rejection, we had a weekend where we would just do whatever we wanted. We would eat whatever we wanted. 
We would say whatever we wanted to God because he can handle it. We would say words that you don't say in church. We would cry. We would eat bad food, all of the things, whatever. But after that weekend of just allowing ourselves to process and just to grieve, then we're like, okay, God, what's next? We just got to keep walking. Just got to keep walking, keep walking. So that was our process. That's what we did. And um, so in that time, you know, once we've decided, okay, this is sad and we don't like it, but we're going to keep walking. In that time, Andy like excelled at parenting, right? He's going he's gonna to be like, don't say these things. It's true. And he continues to excel. And we renovated two houses together in that nine years. Did I say nine years? Yes, nine years. And, um, and he will hate that I'm saying all of this, but he just never gave up. He never gave up. And while he was waiting, he did not waste a thing. He didn't waste any opportunity. He didn't waste any amount of time. He didn't overlook his children. He didn't overlook his wife. He was faithful in serving God. And even though he was still hoping against all hope, he just continued. He just continued. It was just faithful. And uh, so I know that next week as he travels down, that this is the reward for his faithfulness, for his faithfulness in the waiting, in the waiting. And so I want to talk to you today on this topic, he's in the waiting so turn to the person next to you if you want to and tell them he's in the waiting. Now turn to the other person who was your second choice and say, he's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. <laughs> he's in the waiting. <laughs> we all wait for things, don't we? We all wait for things. And perhaps you're here this morning and you're, you're in that place. You're waiting Perhaps you're waiting for the next season or for the next job or when, for when things are less busy or for when things are less painful and I just sympathize and empathize with you this morning. Maybe you're waiting for a person or you're waiting for a situation to resolve or you're waiting for some kind of change that you need. Maybe you're waiting this morning. And if you're waiting for something, I just want to let you know, or someone, you are not alone. You are not alone. There is nothing wrong with you. Waiting is actually a huge concept in the Bible, and particularly in the Old Testament. It appears a hundred times more than things like salvation or deliverance. The people of God are told time and time again, wait to wait to wait. <laughs> it's gross, hey? It's not fun. <laughs> it's gross. I don't like it. Nicky Gumbel, famous for the creation of the Alpha Course, he says this. I think I have it on a slide. Abraham waited 25 years for God's promise. Joseph waited 13 years. Moses waited 25 years. Jesus waited 30 years. If God makes you wait, you are in good company. You are in good company. There's nothing wrong with you. So this is both an encouragement to us that God is with us all the time, but also a challenge because I think that we can wait really well or we cannot. <laughs> and this is the challenge for us as followers of Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, totally cool. I think that God's going to speak to you this morning anyway. There's going to be something in this for you. So God's presence, just as a reminder, God's presence is not only active in the 24 hours surrounding your last answered prayer. That's not the only time. God is working and moving all the time, all the time. In the, on the mountain, in the valleys, 
all the time. It's not just these, these uh, you know, stretched out. They're, they're like, here, here God moved and then I waited 10 years. Here God, maybe you did wait 10 years. And then, you, then God didn't do anything for 10 years. And then, I did, then he did this. And then he didn't do anything for another five years. I want to encourage you, God is always working. He's always doing something behind the scenes. He's always doing something in your heart. He's always doing something in the people around you. And sometimes we just don't recognize it. But let that be an encouragement to you. If you feel like you're waiting this morning... God is still in the waiting with you. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. I don't know what you think of when you think about the word waiting, but usually people think of something like this, like a doctor's surgery or like a, where else do you wait? The RTA, is that what it's called now? Aldi, no, I don't know. Wherever you like to wait. Do you still want to help me, Zoe, or not really? Yeah, Zoe's going to come up here just for, do you want to come, Serafina? Do you want to come, Jade? I'm just going to wait really badly for a moment just while I'm talking. <laughs> so, like, what, what would you perceive as waiting badly, do you reckon? Oh. Serafina, can you top that? Fidgeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything for you, JD? Sleep. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Why did I think of that? <laughs> That's a great idea. Look, I think we can wait well or we can wait badly. And uh, this, is, this is a whole thing. And so the kind of waiting that I want to talk about this morning is not this passive kind of waiting, sitting and like we've said our prayer and we're just waiting for God to fix everything. Like that's cool and do say a prayer and do ask God, God help me, I need your help. Um, but I wonder if the kind of waiting, it's actually just so distracting that you're on your phone right now. <laughs> this is like a great example of really bad waiting. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you're taking notes. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool. You guys can sit down now. Thank you. <laughs> just don't wait badly in the front row. I don't want to see that. <laughs> so perhaps you think of like a waiting room when you think about waiting. It's like a passive and there's nothing you can do to move things along. You just got to wait. You just got to wait for your turn. Um, and the book of Isaiah talks about waiting as well, but not in the sense that you and I have just been thinking about. And so if you've got your Bible, why don't you just turn to Isaiah 40 with me? I'm reading this from the Amplified Version. And it says this, Do you not know, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? Do not become, he does not become weary or become tired there is no searching for there is no searching for his understanding he gives strength to the weary who needs that and to him who has no might he increases power even youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly but those who wait there's our word those who wait on the lord who expect who look for and hope in him will gain new strength and renew their power they will lift up their wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. And they will walk and not grow tired. They that wait upon the Lord. So what does that even mean? What does that even mean? To wait upon the Lord or to wait on God. Because it doesn't sound to me like this passive kind of waiting. It sounds different, doesn't it? It doesn't sound passive. It sounds like... This is an opportunity to invite the power of God into our situation that maybe does feel a bit hopeless and maybe is a bit boring <laughs> and maybe we've been waiting for a long time, but we actually don't need to wait like this. We don't need to be passive. The Bible says we wait on the Lord and he renews our strength. He renews our strength. That's so wonderful and we praise God for that. What a beautiful promise. 
The Hebrew word in this passage um, that's translated wait, it's actually kavah. Say it to your least favorite person next to you, kavah. Everyone's like, I'm not doing that. No, okay. Say it to anyone you like, kavah. <laughs> kavah, kavah. And it means this. It means to wait and it means to hope. It means to look expectantly for. That's cool, hey. And the root word of kavah, it holds this sense of to bind together, like for strength, to two cords binding together for strength, bound together so that they're, they're stronger. And so this is interesting to me because what it means to wait on the Lord includes all of these ideas. And that means that waiting on the Lord is not saying one prayer and sitting back and being passive. And so I think we can ask ourselves in seasons of waiting and whatever we're waiting for, what is my hope in? This is one of those elements, isn't it? To wait and to hope. What is my hope in? Is my hope in God or is my hope in that I will like win the lottery or like whatever it is that I will get a brand new house or whatever, that my relationship will be restored? Let's be real. That's something that sometimes we wait for. Is my hope in my circumstance or is my hope in Jesus? Is my hope in God? This is one of the questions that we can ask. Am I looking expectantly for God in the waiting? Am I binding myself together with God? Because who knows when, you're, when things are tough, you can bind yourself to lots of things, hey. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be like weird, but like you can bind yourself to like, um, maybe you just love to eat when you're depressed. <laughs> I do. I'm like, it's KFC time, guys. <laughs> or um, yeah, Kesha. Um, or maybe uh, who, it, could, it can be anything. Lots of people, we turn to all sorts of things when we're waiting, when we're in pain. But I wonder if we just need to um, reevaluate what we are tying ourselves to while we're waiting, while we're in pain, maybe, while we're waiting for God to do what we think He should be doing in our time, in our time. And it's okay to want things, right? It's okay to have our own, you have to have the things that we want. But let's just be careful who and what we bind ourselves to during those times because it will determine how strong we are in the wait. It will determine if our our strength is renewed, all of these beautiful things that God promises when we bind ourselves to him, when we wait on him. Kavah, when we wait on him. And I just want to remind you this morning that God is willing. He's willing. He's willing to renew your strength. I love in James, we t- I talk about it all the time, how it's, he says, um, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And that's so cool because all it requires from us is one step toward him. And then he comes to us. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So beautiful. So we all have stories of when we've bound ourselves to different things or we've secured ourselves to another person or another thing as the ultimate source of our security. And like needing other people, this is good, right? You need a friend. You need a friend to cry with. You need a friend, Kesh, to eat KFC with. Whatever you need to do while you're waiting. But let's not make those things the primary source of our security and the primary source of our strengthening because God can strengthen you in a way that nothing else can and that nobody else can. And that's the power of God in our lives. We're so grateful. We were at some roadworks yesterday and um, I could see ahead to the red light, which is the worst because the whole time you're looking at the light, waiting, waiting for it to change. So this is your focus, right? I'm sitting in the car. Just, the more I look at the red light, I'm getting more and more angry. <laughs> and the frustrating thing is, I'm sure this is not an isolated situation. No one was even doing anything. Like, I was, I'm getting angry just talking about it. <laughs> like, why did they even have a lane closed? 
And then we saw that the, uh, the grass had been mown along once. I'm like, surely that's not it. Surely they did not close a lane just to mow the grass. <laughs> I hope that's not the case, but I'm not sure. Anyway, the point is... The whole time I was looking at the light, waiting for the light to change, waiting for the go, waiting for the green, waiting for the go. I was just getting more and more angry and I was like, I can't. I can't look at it anymore. I'm just not going to look at it anymore. So I start looking out the window. There's like amazing like flowers out the window. I'm like, oh my goodness, look at that. There's like kangaroos jumping. I don't know how you feel about kangaroos, but if you're not from Australia, they're like amazing, right? They're so beautiful. And uh, there's, you can hear the birds. I put the window down so we could hear the birds. We can hear what was going on outside. And, um, and I just was reminded again, sometimes we are so focused on what we've been waiting for for such a long time that we actually miss the work of God all around us. <laughs> and I just don't want to be the person that misses that. And I am. And I'm sure you are sometimes too. But I wonder if we need a reminder today, no matter what you're waiting for, no matter how long you've been waiting. Andy was waiting nine years, 12 years, <laughs> whatever it was, lots of years. And uh, I think we just need that reminder. It's okay. It's okay to be waiting and to want what we want. But let's not forget to just look around at where God is already at work because he always is. <laughs> he's always moving and he's always speaking. So I had the option of staring at the light, waiting passively, waiting passively for it to change or recognising the work of God all around me. And I can tell you the latter is so much better, so much nicer. Who remembers when Dan Urquhart came the other week and he talked about hope? Does anyone remember that? One of the questions when we had continued the conversation after the uh, message, one of the questions that someone texted in was, um, what do you do if like what you're hoping for it just hasn't come to pass and it never comes to pass? And this is like a universal question, right? <laughs> I don't have the answer. You don't be on the edge of your seats. But I just have two thoughts that maybe will bring a little bit of context around, the, around this idea because it is a common experience that sometimes what we are hoping for and what we're waiting for, it doesn't happen. It's part of the human experience. And there's, there's more to say on that and, and God's involvement in that. But I just wanted to share with you two thoughts about that. Because I'm sure every person here, we have felt disappointed at times when things didn't work the way that we wanted them to or when things didn't happen the way we wanted them to. The first thought is to ask myself, to ask yourself, have I heard properly? Have I heard from God properly? Is what I'm waiting for really God's promise for me? God has, God's plan for us is so much better than anything that we could want on our own. And sometimes maybe we just need to reevaluate and ask, is this, is this, is this what God wants for me? Or have I, maybe I haven't heard properly. Is it my own desire? Who knows the Bible says that your, the, the, the heart can deceive, your own heart can deceive you, right? You really, really want that Ferrari and you buy it and then you're broke, you know, your heart can deceive you. It happens. Um, I would love to be a millionaire and own my own farm. This is my dream. Own my own farm where I could adopt every, um, every dog that didn't have a home in the world and they could all come and live with me <laughs> and we could eat steak and avocado and just a lot of different cheeses. <laughs> this is my dream. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Except for two hours, maybe. I'm undecided on that. <laughs> but, but is this, I know this is a silly example, but the question to ask is, is this my idea 
or is this God's idea? And between you and me, I'm quietly praying that it's both. Like he's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. <laughs> it could still happen. <laughs> I'm, quietly, I'm quietly praying that it's both. Um, but by wanting a plan, our plan more than God's plan, sometimes we end up disappointed, don't we? And I'm not saying that what you've waited, been waiting for is wrong. Please don't hear. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying maybe we just need to go back to God sometimes and say, hey, God, could you just remind me? Could you speak to me freshly? Could you just speak to me freshly? Because sometimes when we want what we want so bad <laughs> and we don't get it, we are the ones, like children, like children, like our own little children when they were toddlers. I won't tell any stories, but, you know, they're angry. They're angry because it didn't happen the way they wanted to. And I feel it. And that can happen too. It can happen. So let's always go back to God and ask him, have I heard you, God? Can you speak to me? Can you speak to me? The second thing to consider is that the world is, is broken. <laughs> you don't need me to tell you that. We all know that. Um, but that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came. Because even though the world is broken, God is like, I'm not leaving things the way that they are. I have a plan. I have a plan. How wonderful. So this is the kindness of God and the, uni the uniqueness in a lot of ways of the Christian faith that God has a plan of rescue for us, for, our, this, for the world, for the way the world is. Um, and the Bible talks about redeeming the whole creation. So that includes the dogs, right, that need to come and stay with me. This is the whole creation, everything. God's heart is that we, he would redeem that and that's his plan. So that plan of ultimate restoration has already begun with the resurrection of Jesus, which is why we have the Holy Spirit, which is why we can ask God for help and he helps us. It's why we can wait on the Lord and he renews our strength. How amazing, how wonderful. It's already begun, that work of restoration that continues to move closer to fullness all the time. So that every unanswered question and prayer and situation will ultimately be resuscitated. <laughs> Maybe that doesn't help you for where you are now. But part of the beauty of the Christian faith is that there is a hope. There is a hope that God will restore all things. And I'm so excited about that. <laughs> so wonderful. Jesus said, pray like this. And you might have heard that in the Lord's Prayer, he says, on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. And only God is responsible for outworking that. And you can trust him. You can trust him now in the brokenness and in the incompletion and in the waiting because sometimes that's the reality, right? And you can trust him ultimately and eternally that he will restore all things. Either way, you can trust him. We can trust him. What a relief, hey? <laughs> we can trust him. Until then, turn to the person next to you and say, he's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. All the introverts, I'm so proud of you. He's in the waiting. His power to strengthen and uphold and his power to sustain us even in the emptiest of places is found when we wait on him. And we are not waiting without purpose or without resource because God says, because we've just read that when we wait on the Lord, he renews our strength. He makes us rise up on wings like eagles. How amazing. I might get cash to come if that's all right. And... Um, over some of the more difficult times in my life and in the life of our family, I have remembered and recited this one verse from Romans 4, and I just wanted to share it with you, some verses from Romans 4. I just wanted to share them with you in case you wanted to maybe do the same. Um, 
It says this. Oh, here we go. It says this. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Um, Down to verse 20, it says, He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. And so I'm like, okay, God, (laughs) when things aren't working out the way I feel that they should be, which is unjust sometimes and is not fair, I need to remember God's plan to restore everything fully one day. God's plan still to restore things now in my life. He has the power to do that. God's plan to, as I draw close to him, he draws close to me. God's plan that as we wait on him, he renews our strength. I need to remember that his plan and his power, he will do what he has promised he will do. He will. He will. We can trust that this is the case. And so what I did is I just put my name in here. <laughs> I just totally did a copyright situation. And I just decided to say, yet, Carrie did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but she was strengthened in her faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised her. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. And so I wonder, feel free to adopt this copyright issue and take it home and just read this for yourself. Just read this for yourself. Did not waver. Zoe did not waver through unbelief. Trish did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but she was strengthened. And praise God for that. So just some quick questions that you can take away with you. And we would love to pray with you this morning. If you're like waiting for something and you're like, great, what you're saying is great. Yeah, good on you. But this is hard. I get it. I get it. We've been there. Let's pray. Let's invite God into your situation. That's the best thing you can do. The best thing. So here's just some quick questions. Where is my hope invested? We already talked about that. Am I looking expectantly for God, just like at the traffic lights? Am I looking around expectantly to see where God is at work? Or am I so focused on the traffic light that I'm just working myself up into this situation? Let us have eyes to see what God's doing, hey, wherever we are. Am I binding myself to Him who is superior to everybody else? Am I doing that? Am I binding myself to Him? Am I waiting on Him? Am I stepping close to Him, drawing close to Him so that He will draw near to me? I, um, if you've been in church here for a while, that's awesome and I love you. And if you haven't, and if you haven't even been in a church before, I just want to um, encourage you to maybe reassess everything that anyone has ever told you about God and Jesus. <laughs> and I just want to tell you that God is not mad at you, that God wants to draw close to you, that God is not waiting for you to be okay before you come to him. Actually, it's the opposite. (laughs) The message of Jesus is, I know that there's lots of brokenness. So here I am, come to me, come to me, I'll give you rest. This is his promise to us. Come to me if you're weary and I'll give you rest. And so I just hope that you know that today. And if you've ever received a message contrary, that God is mad or that you need to be perfect or whatever it is, I just want you to forget that. (laughs) Just forget it. Just chuck it out the window. Just chuck it out the window. God is for you. He wants to know you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to strengthen you like we talked about. This is how wonderful and how kind He is. So maybe we all stand together and um, 
just after we've prayed together and you maybe you head out for morning tea and whatever you need to do, if you are in a season of waiting and it's hard and you don't like it, I don't like it either. If that's you, would you just like consider not leaving until you just pray with someone? Let's just invite God. Let's just invite God into our situation. Is that cool? Awesome. Awesome. So let me pray for you and then we'll go and eat. (laughs) So God, we just soften our hearts toward you now. And I just pray, God, for every person who is in that waiting. Waiting for something, waiting for someone, waiting for things to get easier, whatever it is. God, I just bring these beautiful people before you, Lord. I thank you that you promise that when we wait on you, when we wait on you instead, that you renew our strength. And I just pray that for us now. Every person... Every person who's here this morning, every person who's standing with their hands open to you now, Holy Spirit, would you renew our strength, even right now in this moment? Would you renew our strength, God? Would you renew our strength, God? I pray for supernatural patience that just comes out of nowhere for people. I pray for a strengthening God in our heart and in our spirit pray that we would not grow weary. We would not grow weary. We would be unwavering. We would be unwavering in knowing, God, that you will do what you've promised to do. And Lord, we know that it is so hard when things don't happen on our timeline. God, I just pray that you would bring comfort and peace to each person who needs it this morning. even now in this moment, Holy Spirit, that you would bring peace. I thank you that you are willing, God. (laughs) You are willing. You are always willing. You are always willing to strengthen. You are always willing to restore. So just in this moment, we just say thank you. And we just receive your strength. And we just receive patience and we just receive your comfort. Whatever it is we need, you are a good father. And I thank you that we can ask you for those things. So I thank you, God, for all that you are doing. Even the things we can't see today, right now, I thank you that you are always moving. You are always working. Thank you, God. Help us to trust you. I thank you, God, that help me in my unbelief is a prayer. Help me in my unbelief is a prayer. Thank you, God. I thank you for each person this morning. I pray your peace and your protection over us, God, as we go from this place into our jobs, into our schools, into uni, wherever we're going. Holy Spirit, I pray we would sense your presence with us as we go because you're always with us. On the mountains, in the valleys, you're always with us, God. Thank you, Jesus. And the whole church said, Amen. Amen. Awesome.